She's the author of The Unmade Bed, The Messy Truth About Men and Women in the 21st Century in response to books such as Anne-Marie Slaughter's Unfinished Bidness. I just can't say the word normal anymore. No, you can't. Since we had our rapper in last yes. week. You want, to, you want me to give you a little backbeat while you're reading Culture, this? No. Okay. Cultural commentator Stephen Marsh uh, examines the state of male-female relations in the 21st century with the help of, guess who? Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Shut up. His wife, oh, which, even which is close, yeah. writer and editor Sarah Fulford. I have so many questions for this man. He's on the phone with us right now. Stephen, first of all, Drew, how are the you? first big question is, is it Marsh? Marsh like a swamp. Thank you. Thank you. I was just confused. You'd think I would know that before I got you on air. It's, but. The it's e a that... confusing name because in Canada, you think it's French, but yeah. it's actually it's actually like an Italian name that was changed at Ellis Island. So, yeah, it's uh, everyone's confused by Okay. It. All right. I just don't want to be the only loser out there. Um, <laughs> so, Toronto Life Esquire. Are you kidding me? That's what's in your house each and every day? Like... Yeah, those I know. Are, those are two of my favorites. We've faves. been together forever too. We've been together since we were since I was nineteen and she was twenty. And like, yeah, it is pretty much like we talk about what goes into the makeup of a second nut graph, like all the time. <laughs> You're, it's pretty pathetic. It's like it's like geeks being married. <laughs> That's kind of I didn't want to say that, but yeah. How old are the kitties? I got an eleven year old boy. I got a four year old girl. Do they think you're not cool? Of course. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I am? Yeah, they definitely think I'm not cool. My daughter thinks I'm a joke. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. she's four, so she knows everything there, uh, there ever is to know. But sure. yeah, of course. Man, I'm not quite sure why. Well, no, I know why you left uh, New York, because you were just you were a track professor. And I, can, I don't see there's much work in that. <laughs> track? No, I was tenure track. <laughs> oh, Pardon me. It was tenure track, which means that that's when they pay you no matter what you do for the rest of your life. Right. So that's like the ultimate sweet gig. Yeah. Um, so, well, and it was, I miss New York because New York was like New York, but also like I was teaching Shakespeare in Harlem and it was oh. unbelievably fascinating. And my students were the most incredible. They were like poor kids dragging their way into the middle class by by will alone and um and it was and it was wonderful but you know like she got her dream job so we so we came back at what point in your decision to move to here to canada did you know that donald trump was going to be president that's what i want to know god that was 2008 i mean that was it was unimaginable yeah you know like think about it think about how recent it was that that would well it was the stuff of the simpsons right i mean i think the simpsons episode was around that time (laughs) when it was a joke that donald trump was the president before lisa simpson right the unmade bed is a deeply researched personal essay on the aspects of everyday life where men and women meet it's marsh's claim that uh the way we talk about men and women today is antiquated and that the failure to catch up to the new reality means we are not actually facing real issues that true power remains shockingly elusive for women while the idea of masculinity trapped between iconographies of power and powerlessness struggles in a state of uncertainty to the point where manliness and crudity are almost synonymous 
<laughs> I did not write that paragraph. No, you know who wrote that? That's Conrad Black. It's got to be because that's like. Oh, is that yeah, my God! Wow, that one just went on and on and on. Jeez. Oh, let's talk about yeah. the. Let's talk about the deeply researched. Um, where, yeah. What What was I actually want to know? The one piece of okay, you can say two if you want, but the one piece of research that just you just went no, no, that's not right. Well, there's two. One oh, on okay. pornography and the other on housework. Which one do you want? Duh. Porn? Look, <laughs> <Okay>. housework. <laughs> housework. Okay. What no, are you talking about? No, we're going to talk well, about I both. I don't know what kind of show it is. So, like, you know, you're going to have to tell. Like, I, the one on housework is that men haven't done more housework since the 80s. And, like, every other every other statistical thing you can find about men and women, like, men have, men have the amount of time men spend with their children has tripled since the 70s. The amount of time they spend do it working on food is, like, nearly doubled. Like, but housework they basically do no more of it than they did in about 1985 and the thing that's very interesting is that um at the same time as we're having that uh women's participation in housework or investment in housework has been on the decline so we're actually getting Slops. more and more equal domestically yeah uh but it's not because men are getting any better no. it's because women are just not caring so we're all just slobs. That, that was surprising to me yeah, so everybody's house is just messy these days, basically. Is it's what, much more messy yeah. than it was, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think when we all think about the, like, I think about my poor mother, who was a physician, like, vacuuming the parlor that nobody went into, right? Like, these are, that's gone. Like, yeah. you know, that's 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 part of the past, and thank goodness it is. You know, it's it, it should be. You know, I it's still not automatic for me to do housework. And I'm 50. I just turned 50. Oh, it still right. feels weird saying that, at least. I'm looking at my intern because it just freaked me out that I said I'm 50. So it's still, but it's still not automatic for me to do. I still expect someone else to do it. Right. You know, at the very least, like Consuela or somebody that I've paid to. Wow, I just sounded like Trump. Did you hear that? Yeah, you really did. Wow, but it's okay. It's just okay. One, you know, it, it's it's a question of not sounding like him all the time. <laughs> okay, you know, like that's right. when you like if you sound like him, like he does, like you have one of those sentences every sentence that seems <laughs> start to get really crazy. Right. But um, you know, I think yeah, men like it's a very interesting thing that men just um, have, they've changed a lot in a huge number of ways that you can measure sociologically and econo- and, and, and economically. But this one thing that you just cannot make men care about doing the dishes, apparently. Like, it, it, it just, um, it, and there's no, I, I found no good explanation for it. You know, it didn't, like, there's no, there's no reason for it. It's just something that, that they're not doing. Okay, so this is, uh, it's a God station, right? This is, this is the only show yeah. that's going to have my show on it is going to be a, a, a Christian station. And, you know, I, yeah. I interview all sorts of, uh, of faith people and we try to get behind, you know, like I just finished talking with Hercules about his 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 faith, uh, Kevin, right. Kevin Sorbo. So what I'm trying to say is I, I want to know the porn research, but is it is it is it just weird? Well, no, I mean, it's just, it's just very odd, which is that, like, um, well, you know, it, it, there's this contradiction at the heart of it, which is that, uh, you know, when you show men pornography in the immediate aftermath, they, uh, they appear, they, they, you can measure their increased hostility to women and, and their increased misogyny in all these ways, like all these very, very clear ways. But at the same time, like, as pornography arrives in various countries, um, like, for example, there was a famous study of Internet speed, like when high speed Internet access arrived in America, it arrived state by state. And so you can actually trace like the arrival of 
pornography access state by state in America, and it leads to, I mean, against all sense, it leads to a decline in violence against women. So it's this very bizarre, that, you're asking me what the, the most surprising yeah. things that I found were? I mean, that one doesn't make any sense, but yeah. it's also completely un, like non-negotiable. Like, it happened in Germany, it happened in Japan, it happened state by state in America, it happened in Sweden, it happened in Canada. Mm. Like, it, it, the arrival of pornography means a decrease, a decrease in violence against women, yeah. which just is it, very, very weird. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, all right, folks, uh, let me just uh, fill you in on a couple things. First of all, we're giving away a copy of today's HarperCollins Canada book to one of our Facebook followers, but there's a catch. Uh, you've got to be one of, our, one of our Facebook followers, and you've got to be from Canada because we're not mailing it anywhere else, and you need to include your address because that's how it's going to get to you. So send us a private message on the Drew Marshall Show Facebook page, and you could win a copy of today's book from HarperCollins Canada by Stephen Marsh. He's the author of The Unmade Bed, The Messy Truth About Men and Women in the 21st Century. Stephen, I mean, how does this book really stand out as apart from all the other uh, men are from Venus and women are from Mars, whatever it is, books that are out there? Well, I think there's two. One is a man wrote it. And, like, you know, you, I've done maybe 50 interviews for this book now, and you're the second guy I've talked to. Oh, I wanted to be your like, first. No, you're, you're the – well, the other guy was actually a guy from Cal- – and it was just like a five-minute thing. I mean, yeah. like – the second guy I've talked to, men are just not talking about this stuff, mm. and which leads to an odd thing because, of course, men have too much say in virtually every field of human endeavor, except this, except gender, right? So there's that. I mean, the other thing is, of course, that I had my wife footnote the whole book and tell me where I'm wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, and that was very revealing. Like, that's very. <laughs> I, I not to toot my own horn, but I do find that part pretty interesting all the reviews think she's got the best stuff in the whole thing and all she's saying is like you're making this up like this is not how this is i love the dynamics um okay so i, I want to talk about the whole we're going to move to toronto from new york because you, you know my wife's going to make a way ton more money than than me and so mm-hmm. i'm but it's it, it's not all economic. I heard you say in an interview that it's all economic. It's economics. It makes sense. It's math. It's easy math. But just because the mother makes more money does not automatically mean that the couple should should move to wherever the right. Especially if if the mother is the one, especially if the mother is the one with the greater maternal instinct. Like if the father's a complete moron parentally or whatever, right? Well, I I mean, all I'm saying is well. I guess, but like, you know, every family that I know, it's just the money. The money drives everything. Like, the, and the reason the money drives things is because life is very expensive. And like, you, we're, we're, we've passed the point where you can have, I mean, the honest truth is you can't really have a, um, like, a family in a city like Toronto or New York or any city increasingly where both parents don't work. Right. I mean, that's just reality. Right. Like, and, and, and you know, that doesn't, so it's not your, it doesn't matter what your, choices are like it, it just comes to like you're re- like that if you really want the woman to stay at home because she's got a paternal instinct that gets pretty expensive like pretty fast right i mean like yeah so you live know, below your means well you live living beyond your means this is a re- this is not a recipe for a happy family really like you know like going into debt to have children this is not a no no not, not beyond a, not beyond your means below your means you know, so you're not, in other words, you're living not downtown core or whatever. Like, yeah, all I'm saying is, Jane, like, okay, here's the thing. You were already the first line of domestic labor in the house. 
Well, no, I would not. Certainly not when we lived in New York because I was a tenure professor. I mean, I was a tenure track professor. I was like fully going. I, I was fully on the okay. make, right? I mean, I was like no. But I, I heard your wife say in an, in an interview on uh, with the the you know the girl the chick uh, show the chick show. That's good, Drew. Um, <laughs> the social, the, yeah, the social, yeah. Uh, that's what I meant to say. I knew what. I knew what you said. <laughs> okay. My bad. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should not know what I'm saying. This I should not know what you meant by that. Um, but I, I, I thought I heard them say that you know you were sort of you were pretty good at the the dad stuff. You weren't a tool. No, no, I was very good at it. I mean, like I, it, it was. But I mean, define good at it, like you know, because the, the well, here's here's how I define good. good. Your wife was listening to podcasts while she did the dishes, and you were with the kids helping them with their homework. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still like that. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, not that I, uh, I mean, who's perfect? But like me, you know, I, I definitely you're you're perfect. Well, of course, that's the that's the Christian point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I am perfect. All others are at fault. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, isn't that that's what Jesus? Said, I right? think so. Like, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I'm a very active, engaged father, and I would could not, I could not be any other way. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that's true now. Like, you know, why is golf dying? Like, golf is dying because fathers do not go out and spend the weekend golfing anymore. No, yeah. like that, that's gone. That whole that like it doesn't, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Right? It doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, partner in a law firm. You're, you're not. You're not doing that because you're, you're spending the weekends with your kid. Um. I think that, and that doesn't have to do with with goodness, by the way. I mean, you know, you know what another really interesting statistic was, like the the mere presence of a father had this it has this enormous correlate in in social benefits. I, I I found that really fascinating. Like you know, you think when you're a dad, you're like trying to be a good dad. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to oh, we'll, we'll work this thing out and like. No, none of it makes any difference. It's just mere presence, mere dumb presence that makes the difference. You're, you know? you're, you're, I'm. That's one of the best things that has ever been said on this show in 14 years. No, seriously. Right. Like I'm a, I'm a meathead and say stupid stuff all the time, it's sarcasm, or whatever. But, but that rocked. That was just phenomenal because uh, I, I had, to, I had to figure that out in my own world because I, I grew up being a quitter. I quit at almost everything. But all of a sudden, when you have kids, you learn. Well, what are you going to do? Were you going to quit being a dad? I mean, come on. Exactly. You don't get. You don't get to choose. No. You know. I mean, you don't get. You don't get. Those are not. Your, those are not the available. Well, I guess they are the available choices. Well, they are to many. You know, they are to yeah, many. And I many. and I'm pronouncing a great load of many. judgment on every on every man who has yeah. quit out there. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> man, it bugs me. All right. Listen. Yeah. Um. I know you. Uh, speaking of being a dad and being present, I'm looking at the time here. Uh, do you have uh, three more minutes? Are you okay with? Three I sure minutes? do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pushback. I want to know people who are not happy with you. What have they said to you? Oh, well, other, you know, other than your wife, I don't want to know the personal age. details. But well, we may, we live in an age of outrage, right? I mean, like there are many people who think a man speaking about gender is itself just totally absurd, and that I should shut my mouth because you know I'm not of uh, I'm not oppressed, right? right? I mean, but like, and then there are other people who, and then of course you've got the men's rights people who like want to call me a cuck and want to do all the you know nasty stuff. But you know, like I've been writing for for 10 years i got a folder of of death threats and hate mail i mean you know like like this is just part of the conditions of a writing in the 21st century <laughs> it's like a walking I, mean, I actually like i actually was thinking i was like oh yeah i got another one yesterday <laughs> like, well, i don't even notice it right? yeah we're, like, we're it's just all par for the course it's just like it's just like it's just like saying like uh you know i uh 
I had to fill up in gas yesterday. Like, I, I, I really don't even notice. We are living in a walking comment section. Yeah. I mean, well, look at the president. I mean, that's what he is. He's yeah. like the, he's like the walking comment section. Yeah. yeah. Like he, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's not going to end well. All right. So <laughs> if... If you were, let's say you're um, you're my age, and you're, like I just became a grandfather, and it's kind of mm-hmm. weird and stuff, and um, and I I still want to help my 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 boy and my daughter. I want them to you know to to not be idiots when they're growing. That's the whole point of parenting: you make them less idiots than you were, right? So yeah. uh, and then you're going to now take your book and give it to one of your kids, right? Flash forward twenty, thirty years, I don't know, whatever, and you're going to take your book, you're going to hand it to one of your kids. What do you want your kid to get out of this now that they're adulty? Wow, man, I don't know. I mean, what, like, what? what I, I don't think this book is a, is a book about wisdom. This is not a book that, where I explain. It's quite the opposite. This is a book about like how when you are honest with yourself and you're looking at the intimate details of your own reality that actually what happens is what you thought you knew collapses right and like what and what and and doubt is actually the very natural place to reside when you're thinking about men and women god knows when you're thinking about children right Mm -hmm. and and, uh and so i mean i guess the the thing i would want people to take away is what i mean like I, i think just that that we're in a moment of transition here with a lot of possibility and a lot of hope and and often in the debate around men and women, we just get so caught up in these tortured, um, furious outbursts of outrage that we lose track of the fact that, you know, the world is actually tending towards more equality. And, like, what we're dealing with now is actually is actually a good thing. It's like, how do we deal with living inequality? And, and, that's, and that's, that's, that's a glorious problem to have. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a, and we, like, you know, we, the economic data is really beyond, like, this is a trend that's been ongoing for a hundred years. Like, you know, and, and, and it is, it is unstoppable. You know, the, 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 the years when the pay gap closed the most between men and women were 1980 to 1992. They were the Reagan Bush years. They were the years of the so-called backlash against feminism. And like you can have all the backlash against feminism that you want, the trend towards equality is coming, like whether you whether you want it or not. And and like I I think I think the one thing that I feel that is not you know the way we talk about men and women right now is that hope that really should that really should motivate us all because things are really getting better. Violence against women declines every year. Mm-hmm. Women's participation in the labor market increases every year. Companionate marriage increases every year. Every developed country in the world that's true. So, you know, like we should just not get caught up in the furious sort of online squabbles that we that we that, deter, that so obsess us all the time. You're good, man. I you know, I'm it was fun having you on the show. And next time you go on the Chick Show, let me know. The Chick Show? Which yeah. one? I, I wouldn't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know to which show you're referring uh, I'm such an idiot. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much. And I Pleasure. wish you the best with this book. And good luck picking up the kid. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Stephen Marsh, he's the author of The Unmade Bed, The Messy Truth About Men and Women in the 21st Century fascinating stuff. Stephen Marsh's website is Stephen with a 
P P H. Wow, just spell it. S T E P H E N M A R C H E. Marsh. M A R C H E. dot com. StephenMarsh.com. Stephen is a contributing editor at Esquire magazine. He also writes regular features and opinion pieces for The Atlantic, The New York Times, The Walrus, all just fantastic periodicals, and is a weekly contributor on CBC Radio. I'd like to know where he contributes on CBC Radio. Yeah. Have you heard him? I'm going to have to listen for him now. His books include four novels, The Hunger of the Wolf. Isn't that a Dran Dran song? Yes. Yes, it is. No, it's Hungry Like the Wolf. Oh, sorry. That's that's before he's hungry. <laughs> Raymond and Hannah, Shining at the Bottom of the Sea. Ooh, I like that title. I don't know what the book's about, but it's a cool title. And Love and the Mess We're In. Well said. As well as a work of nonfiction, How Shakespeare Changed Everything. You'd dig him, eh? Teaching Shakespeare yeah, in Harlem? That sounded incredible. That would be amazing. You'd jones all sure. over that one, wouldn't you? Faux shiz, dog. Sorry. <laughs> Faux shizeth, dog. <laughs> All right, a short break here on the Drew Marshall Show. Stay with us. I can still smile. 